0: Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, Troy Mann has been fired as Belleville Sens head coach.
1: And we have our favorite recurring guest on, it's Mark Mathot. We talk all about this move, where he's at with the Sens, and
0: how they might be spending their all-star break. And it's all brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more at FanDuel. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Welcome inside episode 728 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains. And damn, this news kind of took me for surprise. Late last night, 11 p.m., the Senators putting out a news release that they parted ways with Belleville Sens head coach, Troy Manpilsey. What was your immediate reaction when you read the news? Well, Ross, I was already sleeping by the time this news came out and woke up this
1: morning to it, and I was absolutely shocked, especially, Ross, the Belleville Senators won their game last night, so this clearly was not a performance-based decision, there's probably more to this story than we already know, and... It's really unfortunate because we love Troy Mann as a coach. We think that he's a guy that has done a really good job down in Belleville, especially considering the circumstances of... I think it's not even a hot take, Ross. I think it's a fact that the Ottawa Senators have made more transactions than any other team in the league in his time there. So he's had to deal with a carousel of rosters, multiple PTOs. Like he told us, there's guys with... He's meeting them for the first time, and they're playing on his top power play unit that night in the game. Like, it's just wild what he had to deal with. But, I mean, really, until we get more on this story, Ross, all we can do is wish Troy Mann the best. I think any organization would be lucky to have him. He's an intelligent coach with every player we've ever talked to has said they've loved having him as a coach. So this is huge, huge news at a very bizarre time for the Belleville and Ottawa Senators.
0: The Ottawa Senators, of course, on their bye week, all-star break right now. Brady's in Florida, but the Senators don't play a game up top until next Saturday. The Belleville Sens play on Saturday, and then not again for a week. So you're right, the timing of this is peculiar, to say yeah. the least. And we're, we're just going to pull up for people watching on YouTube, but I'll read it for those who are just listening in their car. The news release saying Ryan Bonus, who is the GM of Belleville. This was a predetermined role. It's not like Trent man because there is that awkward, hey, it's his bro- the brother is the assistant GM. He's the head coach, but Ryan Bonus ever since being hired was tasked with the responsibility of being the GM for Belleville. So I don't think that this is a strange part of what is a strange story. Quote, a change like this is a difficult decision, but we are are aligned internally and feel this is necessary for the short and long-term growth of the players in our organization, as well as the cohesion in systemic play between Ottawa and Belleville. I want to thank Troy and his family for their contributions to Belleville in the community there. So, just kind of word salad, in my opinion. Pierre Dorian says, "Well, a change in head coach position during the season is not an ideal scenario, we felt it was necessary to deliver improved team performance. We are confident that David... David Bell will be taking over and his staff will make the most of this opportunity. Now, Claire Hanna has dug in and I'm sure we'll get more and more reaction from the hockey world. We read the tweet right to Mark Mathot. We get his immediate reaction. So we'll save it from that. But David Bell will take over. He's been an assistant now for multiple seasons on Troy man staff. We'll see what he can do with this, but we are wishing Troy all the best. And, and honestly, just shocking only two AHL head coaches have been dismissed in the the mid-season since 2010. The last time, Kirk Kleinsdorf, which ironically was Belleville's first ever head coach, the only other head coach outside of Troy Mann, and that happened in 2014. Others have left the position because they're being promoted to the NHL club. And Pilsey, that's what a lot of people thought Troy Mann was destined to do, is become the Sens head coach one day.
1: I mean, we talked about it. We thought uh, that could be a fit that works. And I think Troy Mann could be a good NHL head coach wherever he goes from here on out. But there is more to this story than meets the eye right now. That's all I'm saying. And unfortunately, I doubt the Ottawa Senators will come clean and have transparency about this. We probably won't even hear them talk about it today. It's just, it's so cloudy right now. And it's unfortunate because... The people I feel really sorry here for Ross, obviously Troy, you, you hope that him and his family are doing all right. They're going to have to figure things out. I'm sure he'll land on his feet though. He's a good guy in the hockey community with lots of experience, but is the players in Belleville, like think about guys like Igor, guys like Roby Arventi, these developing players that have really leaned on Troy and now they're not going to have him. And they're kind of left in a weird spot where now the assistant coach takes over and, What's their direction? What's going on with the team now? So those are the guys that I feel really sorry for because they're put in a bad spot here.
0: Yes, they certainly are. We'll see what happens next. As you mentioned, though, the Belleville Sens get a win. So The Belleville Sens get a yep. win last night. 5-3, Troy Man ends his career in Belleville with a win. Our guy David Foote, footy on air, tweeting out that Troy Man finishes his Belleville Sens gig After 289 games with a record of 150 wins, 117 losses, and 22 overtime or shootout losses. Which which is a pretty damn incredible record when you consider what he's had to go through. Well, compare it to the NHL head coaching record. And you're looking at uh, quite the contrast, to say the least. But if accountability is is where they're going to hide under, then let's see it at all facets of this organization. But we know things are... Kind of hush-hush right now with the sale going on. I'm surprised any change was made. Troy's contract was up at the end of the year. Yeah. So it was probably an easier fish to fry, though, than than some others that have term on it. And that way, you're leaving the debt for, or the but dead money. For a, I feel a, like at that point, just ride out the end of the season. Like, Well, maybe things happened, right? Yeah. And they weren't able to. We'll talk to Meth about that and a whole lot more, including which team that's in the playoffs right now, could be poised to miss. We'll get Pilsy uh, and Meth's take on that. And are the Senators in a position at the deadline to do something? Or should they stand pat? All that's coming up. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's
1: episode is brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel. It's the presenting sponsor of this episode. And guys, they are the new official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, They're the number one sportsbook in North America, an official partner of the NFL. And if you're new to FanDuel, guys, that's even better. They got so many fun promos for friends in the States. You can get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. It's easy. Just sign up at fanduel.com/slash locked on. They got all the best bets from money line. Puck line, player props, over, unders, totals, whatever you like, you can do it there. And to get even bigger chance of bigger payouts, why not do same game parlays, Ross? That's how you get some action in on these games as we have no NHL. But the Super Bowl is coming up, guys. Get your Super Bowl bets in. Get your research done because... That's what you're going to be looking forward to here and all on the FanDuel app. It's safe, secure, easy to use. So football fans, place your first $5 bet and get $150 in free bets, win or lose. I love that at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment
0: more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Glebe Central Pub. You already know where I'm going with this, with our friends at the heart of the Glebe at 779 Bank Street, where you can get great food, cold drinks, and an amazing atmosphere. Last night, I believe I saw Open Mic Night. You can follow them on their social media, Glebe Central Pub, on Twitter and Instagram, and find out what's going on down at the Glebe Central Pub on a day-out, day-in basis. What I can tell you is that on February 17th, the boys will be boots on the ground, then boots on the bus, as we've got shuttles taking us to and from the Chicago Blackhawks game. They got shuttles for a lot of games. You can go on their website and check them. But of course, we're fired up for this one for $15. You get a ticket to the game and not in the game, but to the game on the shuttle. Tickets sold separately for the actual game. Bus ride to the game. Bus ride back to the Glebe Central Pub, which means green light night. And we're doing an LOSP live show. So get fired up for that. We have already sold out one bus. So get your tickets now. Don't be like, hey, this sounds like an awesome idea. I'm just going to go there on the day of and buy my ticket. No. We need to know how many buses we're rolling up on the convoy to the CTC. We need you to let us know sooner than later. To do that, go to GlebeCentralPub.com. Easy to access. If you're having trouble, go on Twitter at SendCentral. My pinned tweet says, bang. LOSB Live. Click the link there. Buy your tickets. Glebe Central Pub in the heart mm-hmm. of so snow- the Green. Glebe, great food, tasty drinks, amazing atmosphere. Can't wait to see you at 779 Bank Street. Make sure when you go, you let them know that Locked On Senators sent you. All right, let's get to our interview with former Sens defenseman. Here's Mark Mathot. All right, we now welcome back a very good friend of the show. It's Mark Mathot. Math, how you doing today?
2: Doing well, guys. It's cold. Dropped the kids off this morning. It was about minus 30. Um, but otherwise, I can't complain. Lots to talk about today.
0: Yes, certainly. But before we get to all that, the question to lead it all in. It's All-Star break in the NHL, which means vacation yeah. time for most. Do you have an All-Star holiday that stands out above all else?
2: Uh, you know what? Nothing. Nothing. I don't have a good story there other than just anywhere warm. You know, everyone I obviously... Go, south i was talking to brass this morning a little bit um he's in playa del carmen i know some of the players i think are in the bahamas as well it's just you know this is a nice break for these guys and i can't stress enough like when you look at your calendar and the breaks more than three or four days because it obviously coincides with their bye week as well it's amazing so they get an opportunity to go away for a little while now and recharge the challenge is coming back and uh, that'll be for them getting on the ice maybe a day or two earlier and getting the the legs back but yeah i know i mean for me, I, I just I'm, I'm a I'm a beach guy. So Cancun, anything that that had direct flights, like I would literally tailor my vacation around the flight. You know, yeah. the, the travel plans were everything to me because you don't want to burn a whole day connecting, you know, through two airports or whatever it is. So, yeah, direct flights are key, especially out of Ottawa.
0: Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Man, I, I my eyes almost popped in my head. Kyle Connor went to Hawaii. I was like, isn't that a little far? You're going wow, <laughs> you went yeah. to Hawaii. Yeah, you post on Instagram with the location. I was like, "What is going?" Wow, on
2: that's that's bold. <laughs> hey,
0: with the cold weather we get where I am, I, I don't blame them for trying to sneak yeah. somewhere. But there's direct flights to places warm. But um, so yeah, you're you're a Mexico guy. You're just a
2: resort. Well, I just the standard is always so consistent too. I find like I we we go down south all the time, but. Um, yeah i just find like you know it's 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 so americanized now in some of those locations that you get great food you don't have to worry about the water or any of that stuff so and they have beautiful beaches and i i love i just love going there
0: you gotta worry about your uh your bags though hey eh? you ever get those back <laughs> <makeup? laughs> yeah
2: i did man i was so mad eh? like <laughs> you know and in the moment when you're heated you're not really thinking rationally you just want to take someone's head off and uh I, uh, yeah, I, so it took about two days till they finally caught up to us in Jamaica, but like my speaker was stolen. Um, I think my wife's, a bunch of my wife's uh, hair products and her perfume was stolen. Um, what else? There was something, Oh, but one of my watches that was gone. Damn. So I threw a claim at air Canada and obviously some of the stolen stuff I can't ever get back. Cause they tell you in the fine print to make sure you bring it on the plane with you. So, uh, this is, that's the first time I've ever experienced an issue like that. So it's unfortunate, but the way she goes
0: yeah it's brutal man it took me three weeks to get my bags back after uh after Christmas.
2: (laughs) three weeks three weeks man like where 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 were they are they just like rotting away in an airport somewhere yeah toronto yeah oh god yeah pearson pearson's a nightmare uh you know and i've been flying i've been flying through it quite a bit especially with all the tsn stuff and the odd junior game that i have to do out of toronto and i just refuse it's crazy you watch the ottawa toronto flights now nobody's checking any luggage. So they're having nope. issues on board, right? Cause there's no room. So then, so then once everyone's loaded up over the overheads, the pilot's like, okay, guys, come on. We need some people to check some of their bags under that temporary check. You know what I mean? Like when you come through and uh anyway, yeah. So traveling these days is not pleasant. I don't know how it's going to get any better.
0: Imagine uh, doing it last minute, be like, oh, fine. You can check it. And then having them lose it, like
2: just, the- oh, oh god, I'd lose, I'd lose lose my marbles
0: but yeah. i bet you you know who wouldn't i bet you
2: claire hannah would still just have a smile on, eh? not <laughs> not her on.
0: Just, just never she, a bad day
2: she, she's great man she never has a bad day and, and i know i we talked about it a little bit her she's so positive that it's hard to hard to be in a bad mood when you're around her you could be having the worst day and then you pop into the booth she's got a huge smile on her face and she's right at a rock so yeah she's she's uh she's awesome
1: Yeah, we had a lot of fun chatting with her, that's for sure. I want to get your opinion on the all-star vacations, though, Matt. Like, when you're doing these vacations mid-season, is it a complete reset? Like, don't talk about hockey, don't think about hockey, don't watch any film, don't get on the ice, just fully rest and relax? Or is it kind of a hybrid where you're like, yeah, go down to the sun, down somewhere sunny, but make sure you're still kind of staying in shape you're still watching film those kind of things or like what what's your approach on that
2: um a bit of both I mean because I've always enjoyed training so you know wherever I'd go I'd hit the gym in the hotel a little bit here and there during the day uh and the days are so long down south anyway I mean it's nice to get a break and get a workout in or that's just how I am anyway so I would do that and I'd probably get into the piss for the first two nights like pretty hard and then I'd dial it back right after that, stop yeah, drinking thinner. a little maybe maybe the odd day drink here and there. Like I'd go through maybe three to four drinks the whole day, including dinner. Like and I'm 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 emphasizing the alcohol because typically that coincides with a down south all inclusive vacation. So that's always the challenge when you're seeing people walk by with those huge mojitos or those big drinks the colorful drinks it's you just want to go grab right especially when they're free yeah (laughs) yeah but then you need to remind yourself okay listen you know i've got a game to play in five days from now like i don't want to feel like dog shit so or whatever the case obviously in, in this case it's much longer for this this time around for these guys but it's uh yeah i mean it just depends right on the player and some guys can just give her the whole time and they barely do anything and they come back and they're fairly seamless at least they feel like they're they, they're 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 seamlessly getting back in action maybe they don't actually look that great but um yeah it, it's a challenge there but typically the strength coach will send you away with a little you know a little schedule that you can follow with some okay. body weight exercises and and workouts and you follow that then you come back and you feel you still feel pretty good
0: and sometimes it gets lost in the luggage
2: i would imagine yeah but but the big thing though it's amazing you could still do nothing but the fact that you're just getting sun exposure Like now with all the information we know, it's so important. It makes me question why I live up here. I mean, obviously I'm not going anywhere, but every morning I'm taking vitamin C just like I did when I played Chris Schwartz, who was the strength coach at the time, would walk around in the room, shaking the bottle in the morning during the winter (laughs) and he'd he'd hand out like while we're on the bike, you know, and he'd hand out vitamin D to all the guys because it's just, it's so important, right? So anyway, my point is the sunshine to me is the biggest thing, the biggest remedy when you're going away.
0: Love it. Math, we got big news. We know it. We spoke this morning. We said, man, what the heck happened in Belleville with Troy Mann? And guess who has the scoop? Guess who has the scoop? It's Claire Hanna. Claire Hanna just tweeted out, sources say there were trust issues emerging between the Sens and Belleville head coach Troy Mann. I'm told the straw that broke the camel's back was when Mann gave some of Ottawa Senators' pre-scouting material to another NHL team. Matthew your thoughts
2: on that? Huh. Well, I can tell you that I'm not prepared at all for this. <laughs>
0: wow.
2: You know like cuz cuz you know and we were spitballing a little bit before we got on camera just getting everything ready and you know the we we were floating around a few theories like everybody else is on Twitter. Um yeah, I mean if there's a breach of trust there where uh, and and I have nothing but respect for 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 coach man, I'm not going to come on here and bash him. So and I, I don't know the ins and outs but if if what Claire is reporting is accurate then it's you know it's tough to argue i mean you can't do that uh do we know like has she put her stamp on that like do we know for sources sure is it still saying, speculative
0: I'm told sources are saying that okay. i'm told the straw so the he's back
2: so he had some of ottawa's pre-scout information allegedly and handed it off or shared it with another team in the yeah. american league no in the it says an nhl club Oh, wow. Yeah, a okay, so no legend. Is, so Claire, Claire literally just posted this while we were talking, I'm assuming. Six minutes ago. Okay. Well, okay. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's the case, uh, then I'm assuming, you know, I, again, I've never worked in a management position, and I heard Dave Poole and, and 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 Sean Simpson talking. They had a really good discussion. It got a little heated this morning, but in a good way. Um, and they were floating around, and Ridley Gregg came up a little bit here and there, and then maybe not winning and wanting your team to be in a winning environment if what Claire is saying is accurate, then all this goes out the window, all those theories. Um, and, you know, it's a shame because, you know, he was so well-liked. And just just based off of, you know, the immediate reaction late last night when the news came out, and you could see everybody kind of shocked, um, it just goes to show you how respected he was. Even at the NHL level up here, like in Ottawa's market, people were so aware of what he does and how good he's been for a lot of the development of, of these players that have come up. So I feel for him. Um, certainly, if that is, in fact, the case, then I can understand the decision to let go in part ways. That's got to be so awkward, though, now, too, right? Yeah. I mean, when you've got his brother in Trent here as an assistant general manager in Ottawa, I mean, they're, they're, there's, I mean, I'm assuming they're all professionals and they can just soldier on, depending, you know, no matter what the situation is. But that still has to create a little bit of that awkwardness around the, I don't know, what, what are you guys thinking? I'm, I'm spouting off some stuff right here. Do you guys have any theories here? Well, the thing
1: to me is, like, Troy Mann is a very intelligent guy, so, like, I can't see him just kind of giving this information freely or, like, going out of his way to give pre-scouting information to other people. Like, he knows he's not able to do that, so... Right, I still think there's got to be something more. Like maybe it was in a in a conversation that w- wasn't supposed to be kind of on the record. It was supposed to be off the record, uh, offhand comments or something like that. But then my question is, how did that get back to the senators? Because then, yeah, did that team so- that he gave information to then tell the senators like, hey, Pierre, your boy just uh, told me uh, how you guys are setting up your second penalty killing
2: unit. Like what? Yeah. So that so that would have been so so. Let me get this right, because I have so many questions right now. So, are we assume, is this under the assumption that he shared system information of the organization? Like, is that the pre-scout we're talking about? Like, how they kill penalties or what they're doing on the power play? Or are these individual pre-scouts from individual players? Like, I, I
1: true, yeah, like it be when bad.
2: I hear a pre-scout, I immediately think, okay, this is the you know this is the uh, the information on this player and that player, and this is his tendencies and this is what he does on the power play. I don't think systems. So now I'm like now I'm second guessing everything. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on.
0: <laughs> I mean that that's one thing. That's the only thing that we can say for sure in this yeah. uh, conversation. We have no and clue. No,
2: nobody has. Well, a clue. and then and then and then you right. And then I, like, like what Pilsy just said. It's like so he shares it with another. You know, I'm assuming this had to have been like maybe with a contender or another team that you know is directly in a rivalry with Ottawa or a team that's relatively close or a divisional opponent. And then if that's in fact the case. You know, like, again, with, with just repeating what Pilsy said, how does that get back? Yeah. So, you know, it makes you sort of start questioning this whole thing a little bit more now, and it doesn't really answer any questions.
0: And with that, some people are saying, well, I'll guarantee we know where Troy Mann's next job is. Just look at whichever team hires him. That's the one he was sharing the info with. But in all seriousness, obviously, he was a super well-liked guy. The guy's name's... Yeah, it's T- unfortunate. He's a minor league coach. They Patrick Williams, this guy, co- covers the AHL full-time. Says there's only been two mid season coaching changes in the AHL. I, know. I where saw that not, where it's not a guy that's getting called up to the NHL or promoted, I guess, for lack of a better term. And you're you're yeah. looking at this, like what the heck happened after a win, no less. So th- there had to be more of the story and the timing of it. Um on that note, though, at the same time, like the team wasn't having success. But how much of that can you blame on well the- they can't
2: the manager? Yeah, I mean yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's just random numbers. I, I don't like looking at the numbers, but these are undeniable. I mean, they're thirty first in goals against, right? Like they're not they're not doing great at all this season. And 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 then you can attribute that to just all the transactions, all the players, yeah. and the the you know the bodies that they've been missing. Um, they went they've gone through five goaltenders. You know, so it, I don't believe, especially at the American League level, that this would have been a performance based decision. I have a hard time believing that. So. That's why what Claire is saying kind of checks out and I'd have to give her the benefit because she wouldn't post something if, you know, she didn't have reasonably concrete proof behind it to back her point. So, you know, for me, it's like I I would dismiss the fact that this was probably a uh, results-based decision. And if this is in fact the case, it gets a little juicier, doesn't it? So now, you know, just hearing Troy's perspective, like I can't wait to hear him talk about it and see what he has to say. If he does, I'm sure – we know he's a professional. Yeah. We know that no matter what the circumstances are, he's probably not going to want to throw anybody under the bus. It is never beneficial to throw an employer under the bus, right? Like in any line of work, anything Especially you do. Especially when your do, brother you... still works there. Exactly. But wh- <laughs> yeah. whether you've been fired, whether you walk away, whatever it is, it never benefits you as an individual the shit talk your previous boss you know you it doesn't win because it just it looks bad wherever you end up going next right so i can't imagine he's going to say very much but i mean i i'd love to be a fly on the wall right now in some of these conversations just to hear exactly what went down this is i wish i had more information you guys seem to be more in the know than i am right now
0: no it, i don't have a clue i'm i'm dumbfounded we just had him on the show three weeks ago and they i know with with wally and, and bobby yesterday with jason york and i was like what the heck I hope we weren't a part of it in any way like we went through the organization to get the interview but then like since then coming up to this break we're like hey um we we emailed Simo just saying hey can we can we get a a couple guys and not players obviously we know they're on vacation I was like hey do we have like uh Trent Mann was the guy we asked for Chris Neal or Wade Redden those kind of guys and for the first time ever we heard back being like can we have a list of topics that you're going to discuss with them and things like that it was just it was just different, so I, I don't know. I don't know. What's, hey, very it's a different sale. Maybe everybody's battening down the hatchets for a little while, but it seems like the sale's closer to completion than than ongoing. So maybe we just have to give them benefit of the doubt that during a sale things freeze for a bit.
2: So, so if this is such an so, it, let's just going back to uh Troy to Man for a second. So, if this is in fact uh situation where he shared information about you know system information or whatever it is stuff yeah. something that you should not be doing and, he, and he's breaching you know that trust with the team and, and exchanging info with someone else does this not hurt his ability to get a job elsewhere now like would this not affect now i'm not advocating for that i'm just i'm just wondering like if this is in fact you know what he did and and claire's correct does this not affect his ability to get a job on another team like would would another general manager on an NHL club, look at that and be like, no chance, you know, I want this individual working for me now. That to me, like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not trying to put you guys on the spot. And I, I, I've i had the pleasure of interviewing Troy Mann as well. And he was fantastic. He's right to the point. He's transparent. He's not shy to speak his mind. He's a great coach. Um, my concern is for him now is like, this is, that's why it gets, it gets, you got to be real sure about what you're posting when these rumors get, start flying up. Right. And you got to make sure that it's, it's accurate. Because this could this could ultimately affect his career moving forward,
0: hundred percent. And of course, just like we wrote on on Twitter last night, like great guy. We're going to be cheering for him wherever he lands. But certainly, yeah. there's more to it. I, I got to give a really? shout out and and to add a little humor and levity to the situation. Sends buzz replies. If other teams couldn't figure out, we're just going to dump and chase. They should be fired too uh, <laughs> for, for the other team. But no, in, in all seriousness, the the interesting part from that that um news release last night that was hastily written and uh nobody really knew it was coming out until five minutes beforehand and yeah all of a sudden you see we want the systematic alignment together with Ottawa and Belleville, kind of assuming that they play differently. I yeah. don't know. I, I can did you think that was all just a bunch of word like a, a word garbage word salad? Word salad, thank you.
2: Yeah, I know it's yeah, I mean well there's a few things. It was posted late at night. Right. So maybe there's a little bit of almost as if they kind of throw it under the rug and hope everyone was sleeping and would miss the information. Of course, everything blew up. And then, and then again, just, just how, as as you guys mentioned, how, how quickly it goes down. Like, I mean, it almost felt like someone found something out or had a disagreement on the spot. And it was an emotional, I don't want to call it an emotional response, but they did it right away then and there, because clearly there was a huge disagreement or something happened. And that would lead me to believe even more, especially after a win, that this wasn't a performance-based decision. There was something else going on, which reinforces everything else we're talking about. So yeah, really, really odd. Um, now I'm not going to sit here and try to bash my former team, um, but I- I'd like to give them the benefit that some lines were probably crossed yeah. for them to go that far to fire a coach that was so well-liked you know, across the board.
0: Yeah, interesting. All right. We appreciate the the angle that you're coming at it from, Meth. And and this is great that we have this is our first time having breaking news together. So this is great. I know. As you said, preparation just gets thrown out the window and we just <laughs> go based on, on emotion and thought process. And I mean, if that's all that happened, I would be surprised. Because as Claire said, it's kind of a, been a buildup, but I just hope we yeah. weren't part of it because I don't think
2: Troy said anything. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Listen, there's no chance. There's no so. chance. And and like, and and I just, this part's tough, right? For people like us, because our, our tires are spinning. Everyone wants to know exactly what happened. For me right now, at this point, all I can say is we have to wait for all the information to come out. Yep. And I would go one further to say, you know, listen, let's just wait to see at least the press conference, right? Like they're going to have to have a presser at some point, probably mm-hmm. I'm assuming today. No, I doubt it. Really? So they're just not going to address it and just move on?
1: That's my guess. I mean, I don't think they're going to talk. They seem to have that kind of approach to this.
2: But, but, but I don't know. Is that intelligent? Like when you do that, you're leaving everything open to interpretation and all of us just keep screaming out all these random rumors and theories that just kind of makes things worse. Like, you know, for me, it's like, just be a little bit more transparent about it. and it It just puts all that speculative nonsense to bed and everyone moves on, but we'll see.
0: Yes, we will see. We know the Senators don't play for another nine days. Belleville has one more game before they go on their All-Star break. Hey, the All-Star game is going to be on TSN this year. That's going to be pretty cool for Igor. Awesome. Uh yep. Yeah, I, I emailed uh, Jamie and Noodles to get him back on the show, and he's like, yeah, I'm actually going to be at the AHL All-Star game Monday, but maybe later in the week. So it's uh, <laughs> awesome that it's going to be on that. I'll be I'll be tuned in for sure. Were you ever an AHL All-Star, Matt?
2: Um. The, I had one year where there's no question I should have been, but I, I had I didn't play enough games because um, uh. I was called up. I was up a lot that season, and that would have been I think my third year in the American League. It, with the game, like, and I'm not I didn't have insane stats, but the game was just too easy for me at that point. Like I was I was a stay at home defenseman rushing the puck every other shift. You know what I mean? So so that's when I kind of had an inkling, but but then I didn't obviously play enough to to go up there. But I mean, I think at that level. It wasn't something that I ever aspired to. Like, I think when you're when you're a player down there in the American League and you're, and you're not an AHL lifer, you don't give a shit about the American League hockey game or the, the All-Star game. And that's sure. that's my honest answer. It's not something you're even remotely thinking about. I think for me it would have been more, I want some rest. I can take these next couple of days to recover and focus on that next game. Because all you're thinking about is getting called up when you're in the American League. It's all you're thinking about.
0: Dude, you had some animals on that team, by the way. I mean, you had 130 yeah. penalty minutes in 66 games, a career high seven goals. You hadn't scored that many goals in the OHL, NHL. No, uh, yeah. But you had Zenon and Tom Sestito, Aaron Rome.
2: Pff, only we two had guys. Derek, I think I think Derek Dorsett was there too, who is also a little okay. spark plug. Um, we had about we had about five legitimate fighters, and then we had others kind of coming and going throughout the year, John uh, because. Steve. Yeah, oh, Nasty was – he was great. Uh, and we had a guy, Mike Scroy, who would come in in a long black leather jacket with these, like, biker gloves on, and he looked terrifying. And he'd come in, and he'd start punching the bag in his suit, like before a game, with his leather gloves on. We had a punching bag in the basement at Syracuse. And he'd kick it, throw in the odd headbutt, and then he'd go get dressed. And, and <laughs> I love it, the it was, headbutt. Nice. Yeah, Make sure it's it, it was it, the, the whole – the whole thing in Syracuse was uh, was outrageous. We had fans dressed as Hanson brothers that would run around the glass when we'd score or fight. Nice. We had a guy in the stands with a full uh, wolf carcass, like stuffed wolf over his head that would scream at all the players. Zenon Kanopka would spray the crowd with water in the warm-ups. Mor- Morasty would fire pucks off the glass out of our zone into the opponent's zone during pregame warm-ups. Multiple oh, yeah. line brawls that year. It was just... You know, like, it was like, yeah, it was just, it was insane. It
0: was insane. Man, two guys but, yeah. on team still playing in the NHL. They're both Ottawa Senators. Nick Holden had one game and Derek Broussard as right. well. Yep. Um, yep. That, that, that's hilarious. Um, let's, let's get into the Sens team as it is let's right now. We, we always love getting your take on where they're at. I know your next game against Edmonton coming up. Just stay tuned right after this on Locked on Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by Shawarma Palace. Let me tell you about my happy place. You know it's Shawarma Palace. I love all nine locations, but one that stands near and dear to my heart is on Rideau Street by Augusta. The OG Shawarma Palace. Shawarma Palace is Ottawa's best spot for Shawarma. Best spot for fast food. Best spot for food. Let me be clear. It's since 1997. So you know that they've stood the test of time. And it's more economical to go to Shawarma Palace and feed your whole family for the week than it is to get robbed at the grocery store. So head to Shawarma Palace, get the unreal platter, try to eat it all at once, I dare you. I don't think you can. Pillsy would take a month to eat that thing. He's a sandwich guy. Make sure you get your extra garlic always
2: at Shawarma Palace. Math, how much do you love Shawarma Palace? I love it. I that, and, that's, and that's my hood, man. I grew up in the South End by so Key. So uh, big fan, and they always treated me real well when I went in there.
0: You are never far from a Shawarma Palace all over the city of Ottawa. But if you're too lazy to go, check them out on Uber Eats at Shawarma Palace. Make sure you let them know the Locked On Senators sent you. It's Shawarma Palace. Game days taste better at Shawarma Palace. All right, we're back with Mark Mathot. Math, your intro is getting shorter and shorter. I apologize. I will get you a great one next week. I was like, hey, we're here with Math. What's up, dude? Uh, but no, <laughs> it's all good. We do appreciate you having you on the show. Former NHL or almost AHL all-star. Not yep. quite. No. Yep. Too good for the AHL all-star game. That's the narrative. Too good. <laughs> um, hey, the Sens have won four in a row. Are they too? Good? What's going on here? Are you going to tell me you're cautiously optimistic?
2: <laughs> <laughs> look, I'm like anybody else here and, and like you guys. And I say this all the time. I only benefit when this team does well. Cause finally there's different things to talk about and we don't have to shit all over them all the time. Right. So it's, it's a nice change of pace. Um, yeah. You know, and, and we talk about this, you look at the standings and I think as a player, especially if you're playing on an Ottawa right now, you're looking at the standings a little bit. And you're thinking you're, you're kind of half in half out, right. You don't really know what you are. Cause if you're listening to media a lot of a lot of us are basically right right in the moth. I don't really see how it's going to work. They have to do a lot of work and string together a lot of wins here. I, I don't know what the, what the final tally would be, but they have to go like twenty two and ten or something ridiculous, right, guys? Yeah. Is that, is that so, correct?
1: Some of the the people that do those playoff pie charts, they have the sends at a sixteen percent chance of so making the playoffs here. So
2: yeah. that seems high.
0: Sixteen
2: <laughs> percent that, that was that was, really? that was my reaction as well. Yeah, I thought okay. that was a little high too, which is great. I mean it it's good. And you know, the idea of having to play some meaningful games, it, it makes me sick even have been saying that same line all the time. But but it, but just keeping the fans engaged to me is the biggest thing. You know, like no one wants yeah. to see a team mathematically eliminated, you know, in the new year. Certainly they're not that bad. Um they're in a hunt, they're in a cl- they're, they're in there with a cluster of teams right now, with you know, between five to 10 points separating them all from each other. So, you know, I, I've all, I always say this, you know, with the, when you look at the top eight teams, particularly in the, in the East right now, <clears throat> all the best teams, all those teams with all the core pieces they have to me are not going to move unless they run into some form of injury bug, right? Like if, yeah. if they get hit with a bunch of injuries, barring injuries, I should say they're probably not going to move. I mean, when you're chasing teams like Pittsburgh and Washington with the pieces they have right now, if they're healthy, I don't see how they're going to how they're going to regress. There's one team that I'm looking at maybe a little bit, and it's probably Washington. Yeah, you know they're I, I believe they're four six and zero now in their last ten, and yeah, they've got some guys back, and obviously, um, you know the, they know how to win games. They've been there. Um, I just I want to give Sen fans uh, like a legitimate reason to cheer for Ottawa right now and give them hope. I don't know what your position is right now, guys, but when I'm looking at the teams right now that they can catch up on, it's like, you know, Washington, maybe if they drop it up and they go on a little bit of a skid, I don't see Pittsburgh going on one. I just don't, um, you know, between Malkin and Crosby and the rest of them. And if they can stay healthy up, up front, they're just not going to lose that many games. Right. So Washington, there's an argument there. Aging core, um, a little inconsistent. So maybe, Uh, But you're going to have to keep your fingers crossed.
0: So Mika, sorry, McCurdy does these uh, point projections as they go. So that's the, and my ring light's going to get in the way here. I can Uh, see it. Yeah. So that's the Atlantic division. Yeah. And the, the dotted line is the playoff cutoff. Yeah. I'm at the point now where if the Senators finish first out of those four teams, Florida, Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, I would say the season is a success and that means yes. at least keep us yes. engaged as a if they finish two points out, I like I'll be obviously sad because it means that they'll have pushed, push, push and just fallen short. But yeah. I still think that in the long term you can build off of that. Whereas if they keep just kind of up and down, I'm just sick of the the highs and lows, like I, I guess that's kind of the next step in building consistency, eh, Ameth. Because right now they'll have a couple four game win streaks, and then they'll lose four or five in a row, and it just you don't get yeah. anywhere like that. They 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 need to start being able to well, lose one, put it behind them, and then win a few again.
2: Yeah, and well, I agree. But when this team is doing well, Thomas Schiavone is on his game, mm-hmm. Jake Sanderson is on his game, and your core leaders up front are on their games collectively. When one of them or two of them take a night off. Typically speaking, they don't win. And then of course you make the argument, well, you need good goaltending. We can all agree on that one. Um I noticed Shabbat's game pick up. I mean, at least I don't know what his analytics are, and someone might be able to dunk on me here, but no. because I don't really I don't read all that those numbers. I'm too stupid. But no. I watch the games and I tell you who looks good, right?
0: That's honestly. Why looks per- good. That's why you're
2: perfect for the show,
0: because that's us. But let me tell yeah. you, he hasn't played twenty five minutes in the last four games. Like, how perfect is that? There you go.
2: There you go, and so there. So between the two of them on the back end, I can't believe we're talking about Sanderson. I mean, all that responsibility he has now. What a what a player! But, but between the two of them, certainly you know they drive the ship on the back end. There's no question there. And then with Brady and Stutzla, like they, they were outrageous these last couple games. Giroux just consistently putting up numbers, and then Batherson, Drake Batherson. All of a sudden, you know what I mean? And and his name can fly under the radar a little bit there because. He's the kind of guy that he doesn't – you know, he'll have these real flashy sequences occasionally because he's got so much skill, and he's such a smart player, especially in the offensive zone. i got to be careful. But but when he's, when he's relatively quiet and complementing that line now, I mean, and then you've got Greg in the mix. It's really just sparked everything up. I mean, it's just – everyone's just seemingly figuring it out all of a sudden, which is great. So you mentioned, well, they might go on a four- to five-game skid. I honestly don't see them going on a four- to five-game skid anymore. I think – I'm hoping that those days are in the past. You know, maybe they drop one or two, but at least they're still playing well. Yes, they're going to lay an egg once in a while. There's going to be a stinker here and there, and then the narrative might change for 24 hours within the fan base, and then they come back and we talk about how Ridley Greg belongs in the Hall of Fame again. You know, it's just crazy how polarizing and how emotional we can get as fans, right? And it's funny to read all that stuff, and then of course a young player might go on a skid. Anyway, long story short. I like the way they're playing right now. I think everybody would agree with that. That's not a hot take. Um, you know, even the Islanders, you know, Buffalo, like, like now, let's focus on the Islanders just for a split second. They bring in Horvat now. That's going to give them new life. Yep. They've got very good goaltending in Sorokin right now on the back end, right? Like they've got consistent goaltending, which to me is one of the biggest pieces you need. So the reason why I'm mentioning that is like, look at all these teams are going to have to leapfrog. If we're talking playoffs, I don't see it happening. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I think the way to look at it is how you mentioned it, Ross. And it's that there, if there are a couple points out, the season is a success. And that's what I said all summer. If you're just on the outside looking in, I still see that as a win. You've progressed this year. Your core pieces have gotten better. And you got lots of room in the summer to tinker. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah. And, and I, think, I think setting your sights at fourth in the Atlantic is a perfect spot because – that's going to be probably right outside the playoffs. And meth, like when you're talking about, does Pittsburgh not make it? Does Washington not make it? The thing that worries me about that is, those are the teams that are going to stack up and get reinforcements at the deadline. Exactly. Because especially when you look at Pittsburgh, they worked so hard this off season to bring the band back together to get Letang resigned, to get Malkin resigned. Now they're having troubles with goaltending. Tristan Yari hasn't been able to stay healthy, and the other guys haven't got the job done. So those are the guys that are going to acquire goalies. They're going to acquire reinforcements to keep those positions. So to, to pass them is going to be very difficult, especially because the Senators are in a position where they probably need some reinforcements. Cam Talbot's going to yeah. be out three to four weeks. Artem Zub isn't back yet. There's still other injuries going on. They need better depth players. Are the Senators in, are in a position where they're like, hey – we're in an arms race with the penguins with the Capitals. Are we going to put future assets in to keep up with them to get rental players?
2: Mm.
1: No, they're probably not going to do I, that. So I exactly. think you're going to get out muscled here as the stretch goes on, unfortunately.
2: And, and 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 to go one further on your point, which I completely agree with, Pilsey, I would suggest I would go, I would even say, you know, those players you talked about Pittsburgh, just as an example, that team is not going to start regressing on the second half. No. Those teams just get better because these old dogs on the team all the big top dogs that they have their games just slowly amp up and get better and better whereas typically speaking on younger teams you come out like a bat out of hell and then you kind of peak and those guys kind of get tired they're not used to the long seasons and it's harder for them to manage that and the team starts to go on a little bit of a skid here and there and you start dropping points so teams like Pittsburgh aren't really going to lose they're not going to they're not going to fall back they're certainly not going to at least I don't think so you mentioned the goaltending situation there good point but I still think when you've got a player like Malkin and Crosby on your team, I mean you're just you're not gonna you're not gonna drop. So yep. that's not me trying to rain on anybody's parade here in Ottawa. Like I said, keep things positive, focus on the young guns. They're gonna get better. You sprinkle in some nice pieces here in the offseason, maybe even at the deadline. We don't know what Pierre's gonna do. I don't I don't believe in any short term rentals. I think yep. most people agree with that. But if you can go out there and there's a player available that you know you'll be able to extend. I mean, you, you do it, but but right now, that's not something that I'm looking at.
0: And the irony, or or what really kind of twists the knife, is that Pittsburgh actually has the same amount of wins as Ottawa. They were just able to get six extra loser points and take games to overtime. You look at the game against Toronto, second game of the year. The Sens give up the game-winning goal with less than two minutes left. Pretty much the first two months,
1: they lose so many games because they can't score with uh, the goalie pulled. Remember that right. whole fiasco? Like,
2: yeah. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. You get a couple. And that, and that just, exactly. That just draws exactly why it is so important not to lose those games. You know, all those winnable games. It, losings going to happen. Everyone does, right? But, but those winnable games over stupid mistakes or a silly missed opportunity here and there. It comes back to bite you. And now look what it does with these conversations in February. It's like they're not in the mix, and that's yeah. the difference.
0: It sucks, especially like Buffalo is a team where I think they're a team that, that could add one piece, at least on the back end, and be like – because you're stuck in the middle, and with the Sens, I agree with you, Matt, that you don't get a rental. But if the Sens were doing a little bit better, a la Buffalo, it's like – Sure. Do you and, – and as a guy who's been in the room, do you th- – do you see merit to the management kind of throwing a bone and being like, hey, you guys have played well? I don't want to shake up too much, but here, have a veteran shut down defenseman or like a Luke Shen or someone like that and be like, Hey, this is a reward for doing so well. I'm gonna give you a little more right.
2: Money. Yes. I I would say yes, because when you're a current player, particularly, you know, not a rookie, particularly an older player, maybe a veteran or a player like Brady who's got a few years under his belt now, those guys don't care about the future. You know, well, I shouldn't say it like that, but they're not concerned about prospects and protecting yeah. players in the minor league. They just those are just win now. guys that
1: are going to take their jobs later on. <laughs>
2: exactly. Yeah. All you care about once you're on that team is winning now. Um, you're also realistic, and you know, by you know after the 50 game mark, you're you've got a relatively good pulse on the team and on your own squad and where you're at and what your what your goals are. But you never want to give up, and you certainly want to keep winning. So. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if for for a player like Brady and company right now in the room, they certainly want to add players. I'm sure they don't want to be sellers. I don't really see that happening. I don't see Pierre being either or though. I think I think the status quo will probably remain unless an opportunity arises, and you'll see a lot more movement in the summertime. That's my guess.
0: Final question for me, meth Who do you think's the most likely senator to get traded? Oh, I know. Putting well, you on- Talbots.
2: Again. Talbots. Well, no, no, I don't mind answering that. Talbots hurt um i i so i don't know that that can even happen there i mean I heard it's, it's sniffing
0: around i think it was the fourth period that was saying that they could be interested
2: sure for sure um that would probably be the only guy that's why that was the first name that came out of my mouth tyler mott i had this discussion with um with bruce and i think we talked about it on 1200 the other day too i know his name was floating around and i don't see the point i mean why would you trade a player that you're inevitably going to have to replace down the road anyway it's the same argument i had when i talked to yeah. nick paul it's like you're going to trade nick paul only to look for a nick paul right afterwards right and sometimes you have to bite the bullet a little bit so um you know i don't know who you guys have in mind for me right now it's it's probably going to be if you're looking for a legit defenseman it's going to be somebody of value um, but I don't want to give anybody a heart attack, so I'm just going to keep my 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 mouth tight lip for now. Prospects like Greg, I don't want to call him a prospect, but players like him and Pinto, I don't want to move. I don't want to see moved. I think you're going to have to make room for them at some point. They're probably both going to be studs. Uh, but then, who who do you give up? I mean, teams teams aren't going to want some mediocre guy that's playing in that's playing in Belvo right now. Like, if you're going to look for a top four, they're going to want value. They're going to want an impactful player right now that's got some miles uh, ahead of him. So. Uh, your your guess is as good as mine I have no idea all I know is that I wouldn't make any knee-jerk reactions right now at this point
1: yeah uh final question for me Meth. uh how do you think the Sens are going to come out of this break onto a four-game win streak like do you think they're going to be able to carry that momentum through the break or is it a clean slate reset you can't really hold on to that momentum after so much time how well, does that work
2: it's going to be challenging. I mean, you know, the game that I'm doing on the 11th, they're playing Edmonton, right? Yeah. Like you're playing, you're going to be, like there, there aren't any easy games. Now you could look at Montreal. Those were gift wrapped right there for, for them. At least they're, the opportunity to lose is always there, but certainly those were very winnable games, but the schedule is not necessarily going to get any easier. There's going to be some winnable games in there, but at the end of the day, um, they're just going to have to collectively figure it out together like they have been over the last week or two. It's like just everyone's got to be on board. Nobody can take a night off. You're going to need some stellar goaltending to steal you a couple games. It's, it's the same it's the same stuff we talk about leading into the season. You just you need everybody on board.
0: Four sets of back-to-backs by the end of February, Matt. Like, how, how yeah, does... And
2: that's a scary set. With one of your top goalies injured. So, so when you look at back-to-backs, and this is typically how you would approach it when you're a player on the road, you're looking for splits, right? Now, obviously, you want to win all these games. But let's say I'm on the road and we're playing Chicago National back-to-back games. You get one of those two games. That's a success, typically speaking on most teams. Um, so <laughs> you mentioned those back-to-back games. That's not going to be easy because that's a lot of management. And on a team that's relying heavily on you know select players that lacks a little bit of depth, particularly in some areas like your bottom line up front and on the back end, You've got your work cut out for you. So I don't envy that position. It's going to be an uphill battle. Um, I don't I don't I fingers crossed. I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, no, we appreciate you, Matt. This has been great insight. And and like I said, great to have some breaking news, man. So thanks again for joining us. We'll do it again <laughs> either right before or right after you call that uh game between the Sens killers, McDavid and Dry Saddle. Remember that COVID season, man? What they have 25 and 24 points in nine games against Ottawa? Oh,
1: they broke records.
2: I know, and it's going to be a packed house because everyone wants to see McDavid play. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, You know, we'll break it down maybe next week on how they have to approach that game in McDavid, but until then, um, their mind is on the beach and I'll let them Mm -hmm. relax.
0: And we'll do the same for you. For today, we say goodbye. For Mark Mathot and Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.